What are the qualities of a true leader? We have a leadership crisis today. Let's be honest. Are there any leaders that you trust? So it's about time to actually identify what makes a leader. Is it power? Is it charisma? Is it influence? What defines a leader? And interestingly, the question is also about each one of us. We often think leaders are out there. I'm not a leader. A leader is a certain type of individual. You are a leader. Every person is a leader in one way or another. So please join me in this important discussion. Six tips tips to improve leadership skills, to define the qualities, the ingredients of a leader. We'll discover that the word leader itself, which consists of six letters, L-E-A-D-E-R, reveals for us those features and how each of us, as we employ those tools, can actually become a leader in our own environment, one that actually has influence and impact and transforms everything we come in contact with. Hi, this is Simon Jacobson, and we will be speaking about six tips to improve leadership skills. This program is dedicated by Clay Groot in loving memory of Clara Mehanagian. We're clearly in a time of crisis when it comes to leaders. I'm not getting into previous generations and how it was in the past but just ask yourself, who's, who is a leader that you trust? Political leader, a business leader, a spiritual leader, a leader in any given industry. We have many people who want to be leaders. And frankly, we've developed a certain jaded cynicism when it comes to leaders. We see people are driven by self-interest and not by serving. The concept of a leader that we perhaps grew up with, the, the quintessential leader, is not something that seems to be real. But the fact that remains, we do need leaders. And above all, we need to be leaders ourselves. But the big question is, what defines a leader? Very often you'll find leaders today are the most ambitious, the most determined, the driven. People with money or can generate money Charisma, influence, connections, by everything that we have. But is that really what a leader is all about? Think of the last time that someone led you, whether at work, whether at play, whether in school. Who are the people we responded to? 
And how can we become someone that will respond to us in that trusting way that really allows for leadership to manifest? So though there are many, many qualities about a leader, and I've spoken about them as well, including this week, which our theme is on leadership, especially the quality of humility, I thought appropriate that we should look at the very word leader itself. And it offers us an acronym of the six features, the six ingredients, the six elements that really defines and shapes a true leader. So let's go. Leader. These six, we'll state them at the outset are listen, empower, actualize, determine, empathize, and redeem. Leader. But before we get into the details, let's define what would, def- what would make a true leader, and we can measure it in the results of how that leader impacts those around him or her. So one of the things that you'd look for is something I remember I learned when my, my book was published, Toward a Meaningful Life. I asked the publisher, William Morrow, Liz Perley was the publisher at the time. I said, what is the sign of a successful book? What measures, what defines a successful book? She said something very interesting. Most people would answer a book that sells millions of copies, a bestseller. Her response was a book that people will give as a gift to others or recommend. Very powerful. It's not how many you sell, because you can sell a book, you can sell millions, it's a timely book, and then that's over. It has no perpetual life. But then there's a book that people recommend or give as a gift. That means it has a life of its own. It creates generations. It's like you have children, you have students, but when your students have students, when your children have children, then you know it's perpetual, it's lasting, it's sustainable. And the same is true with a good leader. A good leader creates leaders, not just followers. It's not about self-worship and having people look up to the leader. It's empowering, as we shall discuss, where you see that whatever it is that you represent has an impact that when people are your, I don't want to use the word followers, but your disciples or followers, when they leave your presence, the leader's presence, they continue to perpetuate the message, the lessons learned. That means you've created a ripple effect that lasts and lasts and lasts. That's one of the key signs of true leadership. You have people who are extremely powerful in history and everyone trembled before them. They wielded tremendous influence, tremendous power. But the moment they were gone, people said good riddance. Then you have leaders that are remembered forever because what they left was not just their identity and the cult personality, but they left an impact, a legacy teachings, lessons 
These are the parents. These are the mentors. These are the teachers we remember forever and the ones we pass on. So when we talk about characters that lived personalities thousands of years ago, Abraham of the Bible, Moses, we talk about them as if they're living today because what they represented was not just an individual mortal, but something that outlives them, outlives their physical lives. That's what a true leader is. Today we live in a time of instant gratification. Everything is about right now, what I wield, what kind of control, what kind of power. Just like it is with money. It's temporary. Short-lived. A sugar rush. The true leader is the one that whatever area and field makes a mark on those that he or she leads. And not only do they ever forget, but turns them into leaders in kind. So then what are the ingredients to be able to achieve that? Everyone would love to do that. That you can have an influence on that level. So let's now go to the specifics. The six features. We'll start with the first one. The L of leader is listen. To listen. Now most would not identify that with the leader. You think a leader should be listened to. Should be speaking. No, no, no. A true leader is the best listener of all. He or she listens to the people, to the individuals that he's guiding. Listens not just to their needs, but listens to their voice, listens to their inner strengths that they themselves may not be completely aware of. That's what a good leader is. You identify because you listen. A leader that speaks, even if he's brilliant, And there's a lot to say, okay, but he doesn't connect. The connecting part is going to be through how you listen. As a speaker and a public speaker, I often train people who come to me how to present, how to inspire. And I always say, remember, even when you're speaking, you're standing at the podium and everyone's coming to listen to you, you're really listening to them. Perhaps hard to quantify and explain, but there is a vibe that you pick up. You're listening to your audience. You listen how they laugh at a joke you make. You look at their eyes. You look at their body language. You're listening. And above all, you're listening to the human condition. That's not being spoken, but you're sensitive to it. In other words, you're not there. It's not about you. That's the difference. Listening means it's not about me. I'm listening to those around me. That doesn't mean the leader doesn't have strong opinions and a strong position and a vision. Obviously, that's necessary. Direction. But how to inspire and how to impact the people you're leading requires listening to them. Think of a parent and children or a teacher and educator and children. You need to listen to your children. And that's one of the big mistakes in education where we're coming down from the top from an ivory tower, we're teaching you something. You're, not, you're ignorant, and we're going to teach you. So in concept, yes, you have the knowledge, and you're sharing that knowledge with someone who has less knowledge, or no knowledge. But you want, them to, you want it to penetrate. You want them to internalize it. You want it to become part of them. And to do so, you have to listen to them, and listen to their needs, and listen to the way they're hearing you. Are they actually listening to you? Why not? What are the obstacles? Maybe you're using the wrong words. 
Maybe you're using loaded words, stereotypes, words that create reactions, knee-jerk reactions that you don't want that block them from listening to your message. You may be saying something with all the good intentions, but people can't hear it because the words you're using or the tone is one that is not resonating, is not beautiful, is not touching the individual. All this is included in listen. And then in turn, to speak in a way that people will listen. I remember once giving a workshop to a group of uh, leaders, community leaders. And the question that was asked, one of the questions was, how do you communicate effectively to people you're meeting for the first time? So I remember asking the question in turn, in return, I said, if you have 30 people come into your environment, you're giving them a tour, you have 30 minutes to speak to them, what are you going to say? And I went around the room, one person said, I want to inspire them. Another person said, I want them to come back. Another person said, I want them to become supporters of our organization. Now, all these are good things, but I said, what you want above all? Trust. You want their trust. And trust you can't buy, and you can't demand. You have to earn it. Okay, of course, how do you develop trust? You learn to listen to them. Now, you have to make the presentation, but what is listening? Speak about something personal in your life. They don't want to just hear a speech or a great idea or a brilliant idea. Speak about a personal setback and how you dealt with it. Help, help them identify with you. You're really listening to their heart. You're listening and taking the pulse of the human condition, of what they're going through. And by showing that you identify with that, you're actually creating that trust. And once there's trust, you get the benefit of the doubt and everything else follows. So that's the first step. Listen the feature of a leader. Let's go to number two, the E of leader. Empower. So we know there are many ways to educate, there are many ways to inspire. But empowerment is much more than inspiring. Inspiring means you're sharing information, data, knowledge, insight. Empower means you're giving someone methodology and tools to live their lives. So when you educate or you inspire, while you're inspiring, you're inspiring them. Will it remain with them? When you're not there and the inspiration dissipates, will they continue to be empowered? Not necessarily. Essentially, it's teaching people not just what to think, but how to think. Methodology. Instead of giving me you answer, giving you, instead of me giving you answers, I'm giving you a method of how to find answers to your questions and to other questions that maybe haven't arisen yet. Empowerment. The second step in type of perpetuating. And the way it follows, listening. Because when you can listen to someone, understand where they're at, you now can empower them accordingly. So that's the second aspect of leadership, empowerment. And here too, the way you measure it, as mentioned, is by seeing long-term effect. 
There's nothing more gratifying than when you meet someone, we meet someone years after. I'm giving classes now over 40 years. You meet someone years later, 30 years later, 40 years later. They tell you there's something you taught me that I use till this day. That's empowerment. And if you notice, both these first two things are so much not about you, meaning the leader, it's about the person that you're speaking to or reaching out to or leading and guiding. So that's number two. Let's move now to A of leader. A, to actualize. This means instead of theorizing, instead of abstractions, or in addition to theorizing and abstractions, I should say, actualize. Not only you as the leader has to actualize, you teach people to actualize. Bring it home. So often, we have great ideas, we even inspire people, but the bottom line is not achieved. Implementation, execution. What do they say? 99% is execution. 1% is the idea. So to actualize, good leaders are actualizers. And if you can't do it, find someone that can. An actionable plan. Which of course addresses another issue, which is that when you are leading someone, you're guiding them, you can give them many different thoughts. But then the question is, can they go with it and do something with it? Do they have the methods, the tools to bring it into action? And very often you'll find that's the weak link. People say, I heard it all, but you know what the next steps are. Make a to-do list. A to-do list that defines here are the next steps and then the ones that follow that. An action plan. The third hallmark of a true leader. Number four, D. Determine. Determine, decide, be decisive, not be ambiguous. This is a critical component because we have so many reasons in this world to question, to analyze, maybe we're missing something, and then we begin to procrastinate. A certain determined approach is vital in all leadership. It also is a reflection of confidence. Now, of course, we make mistakes, but that type of determination, when you see a commander-in-chief, and there's a setback in the battles, but then he comes up with another plan with his team, Above all, you'll see this type of determination, type of certainty, certitude. You even see this. You see coaches do this. You see military leaders that before they go out to battle, before they go out to play the game, there's that type of pep talk, of certainty, a determination, a determined attitude that we're confident that we shall be victorious. There was a custom in the olden days that certain armies, before they went out to battle, they would sing a song of victory. They didn't even begin the first battle. But there's something about confidence. Not overconfidence, not delusional, but the idea that you can do it and you will do it. That adds that impetus, adds a certain power 
to actually achieve what has to be achieved, even when there are impediments or blocks or things that may be challenging and not allowing you to achieve what you want to achieve. So that's the determined aspect. So, so far, let's review the first four that we've done. L for listen. E for empowerment. Empower. A, actualize. And now D for determine. Often you'll find people get into a whole debate, a brainstorm. This idea, that idea. And then you always see sometimes is missing. You'll always see one of the things that are often missing is the determined decision. Okay, I heard all the pros and cons. Very important. You don't want to move recklessly or rashly. You want to think it through and deliberate. But then the deliberation has to lead to a determination. That's number four. Let's now do the next two. Five and six. Number five is the E. In this case, the E is for empathize. Empathize. And empathize, you can say, is somewhat like listen, but it's much more than that. Leaders are sometimes known for their raw ambition, the drive. To use Kabbalistic terminology, you may recall in my book called The Spiritual Guide to Counting the Omer, I talk about Netzach. Netzach is that fourth emotion, which means victory. Netzach means ambition, drive, determination, determine. But what's lacking sometimes is that you can step on others and forget to empathize. So we have a thing called hoyud, hod, which means to be flexible, to yield, a form of humility. It's the counterforce to any driving leader that there's an element of empathy. The leaders that we remember most are the ones that we remember they felt for us. Yes, they had a determination and they had a drive and they knew their goals and they empowered and all the things we're talking about. But there was also empathy. You, saw, you felt the human side. You felt sometimes you see a leader saying to someone who's in doubt, the leader's experience and says, I've been there. I had those doubts. But I got over them. And you too, you can get over them as well. There's an identification, which is ultimately what empathy is about. Mirroring someone else's feelings. Being sensitive to them. Recognizing them. Not necessarily succumbing to them, because people will have fears and insecurities and all types of reasons to resist, but it's an element of identifying. True leaders are tremendous empathizers. At the same time, with the empathy comes also the commitment and devotion to get done what's being done. But it's an empathy to the individuals. These are the leaders we also love, because they love us. That's the E for empathy. And then finally, the R, redeem. Now you may wonder, what does redeem mean? How does that fit in here? So let me introduce, perhaps introduce a concept, the concept of redemption. When we say we redeem something, it has many different means, meanings. You know, redeeming, you can redeem something that was lost. You can redeem a situation. But there's a deeper aspect to it and I want to introduce from the Kabbalistic and mystical teachings the idea that everything in this world has divine sparks. 
They call it in Hebrew Nitsutzegdusha, holy sparks. In simple English, all types of opportunities. In every encounter, in every person you meet, in every interaction, there's potential, potency, waiting to be released. Redeem is redeeming those sparks, releasing them, and setting them free. This can include the potential in people. They have tremendous potential. You help them redeem that potential, access it, free it, allowing them to soar, spread their wings. It could be in situations, a situation that may seem difficult or may seem actually almost like meaningless. No, you redeem it and demonstrate how that situation can actually lead to tremendous growth. I mean, you see this in many innovations. I remember reading about, um, what were they call those, stickums. You know, little notes that you can just stick uh, with a little glue on them. It actually came out of an accident. Scientist was trying to work, I believe it was for one of the, one of the companies that was producing glue or paste or something with paper. And by accident, something didn't really work strong, so it became a very light glue, which you think, okay, can't hold. You know, glue, you want glue to like seal an envelope. But then they realized you can use it as a post-it because you don't want it to be permanent. You want temporary, but you want it to stick. That means redeeming and finding even in an accident and how many discoveries were made, so to speak, by accidents in the laboratory. How many discoveries? That's called redeeming. But here we're talking about doing it, not by accident, but very deliberately. The ultimate leader is a redeemer. A redeemer of talent. A redeemer of potential. A redeemer of every given situation. Which also tells you that there's a longer term objective here. It's not just, okay, I shall lead you and let's get the job done, and let's move on. No, something permanently changes because you've redeemed the potential within the given situation. So a leader will have that type of vision and look at everything and say, how can I redeem that? A leader won't see you for who you are, but for what you can become. Yes, they'll see you for who you are, like we said before, listen, empathize. But above all, also what you can become. And not just give in to what you are right now. That's called seeing redemption everywhere. We'll look, at opportun- we'll look at situations where others will seem to think of it as meaningless. No, this is a great opportunity. And you'll find this in so many different areas where other people did not see opportunity, the leaders saw opportunity. And that's the R for the ultimate goal, the ultimate feature of a leader. So there you have the six tips, the six features of improving leadership skills, or actually defining a leader. Leader. L for listen. E for empower. A for actualize. D, determine. E, empathize. And R, redeem. Use each one of these, and you tell me what kind of impact and what kind of effect it will have on people. And on yourself, 
And that leads me to where we began, the need for leaders today. Look, we're all born into this world as recipients. Nine months in our mother's womb, we're being fed and nurtured and protected. As young children, we too need to be cared for. This doesn't mean children don't give much love, as you see they do. But it's not deliberate, it's not yet, the child has not yet actualized their potential. But the goal of education, the goal of uh, upbringing, bringing up someone, is to help them discover their skills, discover their talents and strengths, and then actualize them. And doing so in the service of mankind, in the service of the human race, in the service of the environment, in the service of the cosmos themselves. That's in a nutshell. So whoever is educating and influencing that child is the leader of that child in some way. So leadership is not only the president of the United States or a leader of a major company. It's in even a small little microcosmic ways. Actually, that's probably the biggest place where people are shaped. Who shapes lives? Parents. Educators. And that's the area where today the status quo has become a default state we were not really shaping leaders. Yes, many people are studying to and mastering law and medicine and business and science. I'm not taking away from any of those qualities, but there's a more, a more important aspect than just knowledge. Knowledge is a tool chest. It's how you use it. That's why you find people who have tremendous knowledge and tremendous skills, but they're arrogant. You don't want to be in their presence. You definitely don't want to be learning from them. They don't see, you don't see them as a role model. You may learn from them because we need to get something from them. So you'll accept and overlook some of their negative qualities to get information or get whatever it is that you're trying to gain from them. But to be a, a living example, to be a shining beacon, requires something far more. So these six elements that we've been discussing, these six features, six ingredients, are critical. That whatever it is that a person's leading, and they include those elements to listen, to empower, to actualize, to determine, to empathize, and to redeem, that turns whatever it is that they know into real leadership, where we're making a long lasting and permanent impact, which in many ways is the purpose of why we're here, to come into this world and leave it better than when we arrived, to improve, to refine, to spiritualize the material world around us. And the concluding note I want to say is a personal tribute to a great, great leader who shaped, in many ways, helped me actualize some of my soul. I call him the Rebbe. Rebbe means the master, the teacher, the mentor, the leader. Specifically, Rabbi Menachem Mendel Schneerson, whose 29th yard site anniversary of passing is this week. Which is why I decided to dedicate this class to that theme. Here is not the place or the time to go into detail, but I will suffice it to say, a true man of God a true, humble, selfless, transparent channel of a higher truth, which in turn resonated with me and so many thousands of others.
Indeed, my book, Toward a Meaningful Life, is looking at life through the lens of my teacher, who in turn would say, was looking at life through the lens of his teacher and his leader and the leader before him, all the way back to the first leaders in history, all the way back to the divine ultimate leader of all, God himself. Because that's what we are, links in a chain. We're channels. We're channels of something greater than ourselves. To say that it shaped my life, to define my life, would be an understatement. In so many ways, I've absorbed and learned what it means to be a human being, what it means to be a divine person, what it means to live up to our greatest potential, what it means to be a leader. And all the six elements we discussed. So I want to acknowledge and honor my great teacher. By extension, things I teach, I give credit for what I've learned. Does it have my own touch? Yes, it does. That was the whole point. As I said before, it's empowering. Ultimate listener. So it wasn't just I'm receiving what he's teaching, what, what he taught. You and integrate it, and then it becomes yours. So I hope that I can be a teacher of the same caliber. And the ultimate goal of the teacher is not to be honored as the teacher, but you come to back and say, as I write in my introduction to the book, Toward a Meaningful Life, the greatest compliment is what I've read here, what I've heard in these classes, are truths that I always knew, I just didn't have the right words or I didn't, couldn't articulate it. In other words, we're not looking for originality. We're not looking for the credit. We're looking for the resonance that you in turn then can be empowered to listen, to empower in turn, to actualize, to determine, to empathize, and to redeem everyone you come in contact with. And we can create this type of domino effect, this ripple effect, this butterfly effect. We can change the world. We teach our children how to be leaders. Even in in kindergarten, even in preschool, they can already begin to develop these qualities if we show them how, and we show them by example. May you be blessed to lead and impact that part of your world that you were given And in turn, may that impact be a perpetual one. Thank you so much. This has been Simon Jacobson, MeaningfulLife.com. Check out our website, a wide array of materials on these and related topics and beyond. And please subscribe to our growing YouTube channel. Please share this with others in the spirit that it it deserves. And please, love to hear your feedback, your comments, your, your questions, your queries, your suggestions. Thank you so much, and be blessed. This program is brought to you by the Meaningful Life Center. Please help us continue our programs. Make even a small contribution at MeaningfulLife.com donate.